Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I just tried to take on 10,000 calories in my Thanksgiving. How did you perform? I was trying to do it all, and it starts it starts with brunch, everybody. If you're trying to hit 10K, you got to be strong on the front end. I'm talking egg casseroles, okay? Slamming those pieces, making sure you're getting enough bacon and sausage and cheese in the mix to start the day. If you're not doing that, you're never going to hit the 10K mark. I promise you that. I think I came close. Hopefully you all had a fun, family-filled, calorie-filled holiday. I'm recording this on the other side of that. Shout out to everyone who didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. Shout out to people across the globe. We do have international listeners on the Stacking Slabs podcast. So I want to send a special shout out to all of you out there who are making Stacking Slabs podcast part of your listening experience and hopefully part of your hobby education. That's what I try to do. Try to get in here, share some stories, talk about what's going on in my collecting, and hopefully it's inspiring you in some way. Hopefully maybe it's entertaining in some way. If it's not, you're still listening. I guess that's cool too. And if you want to, I'm trying to hit that 10K mark on Instagram. I'm usually not a uh, I need these numbers type of guy, but I'm coming close. So if you're out there and you're not following me on IG, at Stacking Slabs, hit that follow button. Would appreciate it. You know, when you hit the 10K mark, you can start doing some cool stuff like, you know, putting the links in there and all the story stuff. I don't know. I'm just about it. I'm close and now I want it. 10K on Thanksgiving, calories, 10K on Instagram. That's what I'm trying to do. How are you doing? I just got, and I'll tell you this, I know some of you might be dealing with this, had a little bit of a panic moment earlier this week where I bought an expensive card, an expensive raw card. That's what I'm doing here in the wrestling card community. I'm going deep and buying these cards, but I bought an expensive card in at the beginning to mid-November, and I was, you know, was, had waiting around, twiddling my thumbs, waiting for that mail day to hit, and it hadn't. So I looked at it, and it looked like it got scanned in, in Phoenix, and it just sat there. And so I messaged the seller, and I know it's tough, and I knew going into the messaging of the seller that it was outside of uh, his control. But I wanted to know, hey, I know you're, you're, you're selling volume on eBay. Are you dealing with any of these other headaches? And he said, no, this isn't, uh, this isn't happening to me, but I see there hasn't been movement. If it doesn't move by Monday, I'll go down to the post office and see if we can locate it. So the card I bought, like I mentioned, wasn't cheap. It wasn't a 50. It wasn't a hundred. wasn't a couple hundred. It was an expensive card. And so obviously I knew I was protected by all of the eBay things, but it was a card that I just, I, I really, really wanted. And that card, and if go check out my Instagram feed, 
uh, my page. It'll be on there by the time this goes live. That is the 2021 WWE Topps Chrome The Rock Five Timers Club The Black out of 10. Okay. The Black out of 10. So uh, you've seen, I've, I've, I've posted on my IG my chase of this. And obviously, I will never complete the rainbow because I know a guy out there, shout out Drake's PC, who's got that super. And I don't think I'm going to, cr- I'm not going to be able to claw it away from him. But if you have that red out there, if you got the red out of five, give me a shout. But I wanted this card and I just, and I, and I, and I kind of panicked, I freaked out. Then all of a sudden, the seller, said to me, hey, man, I see it's moving in Chicago. You should, the next day, you should be getting it here in the next couple of days. And as I recorded this, I had been waiting like three weeks and I went out to my mailbox like a little kid on Christmas and I got that package. I ripped it open. I looked at it and man, it is staring at me right now. The Brahma Bull, the rock is staring at me in this gorgeous refractor out of 10, five timers club, I think, I'm going to say it, it's the greatest wrestling card insert of all time. Saying it right now. I'm not trying to hype my own stuff. This is coming around. People are, look at the prices. It's not just me, it's others too. People are loving these. Shout out Tops for going out with a bang. But man, just feels good. And also, I just wanted to throw that at the top as a disclaimer. We got to remember, it's the holidays, the postal service is you know overloaded right now so i guess the the punchline of all this is um practice some patience if you smell what i'm cooking but man i'm I'm pumped to have that card hopefully you're all getting your mail days hopefully you're all enjoying them hopefully you're buying cards that you're passionate about with conviction i'm just going to share some stuff in this episode it's on my mind what's going on some things i'm doing i am just really really excited on the other side of this, I will be on Sunday. I will be attending, and the Indianapolis Colts are hosting the Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What does that mean? That means Tom Terrific, Tom Brady is back in Indianapolis in Lucas Oil Stadium. Perhaps his final appearance? I don't know, but you know I'm going to that game. Colts are hot. The Bucks are tough. This is certainly not a game I'm chalking up as a dub. But man, I'm fired up to be in Lucas Oil on Sunday. It is going to be rocking. I'm coming off the heels of that Bills win. It's it, it feels like thing the ship's uh, turning a little bit in Indianapolis. And I'll say this: I all my Colts buddies, as you said, all we have to do is split Buffalo and Tampa. We won the first one, which I think is the most important. Obviously, an AFC opponent. And this game, the expectations aren't there. Of course, I'd love to win. But I am thrilled that I'm going to be in Lucas Oil this Sunday to cheer on my Colts versus the Bucks. We'll see what happens. Uh, but man, Tom Brady, it caused me to reflect. It caused me to dig into some numbers. Obviously, you know he's my market goat of the year. Just insane performance on the football stuff. I actually put out there this weekend, I was trying to think like, okay, Brady, you know, Brady is obviously, his, the performance of his cards are just out of this world. So let me go look at some of the performance of some of these guys that the hobby was hyped on going into the season, and let's see how they're doing. So walking through that was an experience, and I'll talk about that. But before I do, the Colts 
Brady is 15 and 4 versus the Colts, okay? That's pretty damn good. Uh, 4 and 1 in the postseason versus the Colts. The Colts have not beaten a Tom Brady led team since 2009. Can we say Tom Brady owns the Colts? It appears that way based on the numbers. So, Brady, I've, I've, Brady's given me a lot of heart, heartache, but now for me as a fan, I, I certainly appreciate the greatness of Tom Brady and will be cheering against him violently on Sunday, but I will still be uh, someone who appreciates what he's done to the game of football. So we're talking about the card prices. Brady's don't even need to get into that. We know it's insane, but I wanted to do some homework and just say, okay, all these second year quarterbacks that everyone hyped up at the beginning of the season, well, played some pretty good football. Okay. Played some pretty good football. So let's look at, what they're doing and what their cards are, how their cards are performing. So of course, um, pulled up my card ladder app and I dug into these. So let's start first with Justin Herbert. So Justin Herbert is having a good season. I, I think it's undeniable. The Chargers are six and four as I record this. He's almost passed for three thousand yards, twenty-two touchdowns, ninety-eight point four quarterback rating. Good sophomore campaign. Team is in the playoff hunt. What are his cards doing? So over the last three months, his cards have gone up 55% in the card ladder and player index of Justin Herbert. 55%. So at the beginning of the season, when we all sat around and been like, man, these cards are so expensive. What's he done? What's he done? That's when you need to go in if you have the conviction that Justin Herbert is the next guy or can be the next guy and go buy. Because if you did that at, at, at a macro, the cards would be up. 55%, which is insane. So hype validated. Okay. Next guy. How you doing? Joe Burrow. I love watching Joe Burrow. I do. I've got a, one of my best friends in the world's a Cincinnati guy. He lives in Cincy. Tough. He's a fan of the Bengals. It's been tough, but obviously now the quarterback like Joe Burrow, you got to be excited. So Joe Burrow, six and four record again, same as Herbert. He is, they got that wild card spot right now. 21 touchdowns, 2,600 yards, 101 quarterback rating. How you doing, Justin Herbert? Having a hell of a season. Okay, so you look at Herbert's card ladder uh, player index, and it is up 13%. Okay, up 13%. So everyone who looked at Burrow's cards at the beginning of the season said, man, these are too much. I'm not going to pay for them. If you would have, your cards as at a, at a macro would be up 13%. Okay, hype validated, Joe Burrow. How about Tua? Okay, you know it's probably not going to be the same as the other guys, right? So it's a rough season in Miami for him, battle injuries, um, you know, 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. His quarterback rating actually is pretty decent at 91%. It's way higher than I anticipated. Um, His cards, 39% decrease. So... Again, that's the other side of it. It's like a it's like a gamble, right? He his cards obviously based on his season, based on Miami not being a playoff team, have taken a hit, forty percent almost. The last guy, Jalen Hurts. This one's a wacky one. Now, I think if you're a Jalen Hurts believer, this is a guy that maybe makes sense to go buy. I, I don't know, but I think the Eagles are on the outside of the playoff mix, looking in. Won the last two in a row, maybe maybe more by the time this is recording. Actually, I don't know if the Eagles are on buy or not. Um, let's see here. I'm pulling up my app. 
Um, this is in real time, folks. I wish I could be more prepared sometimes, but sometimes something uh, hits you and, and they're no, they're not on by. So, okay. So the Eagles play the Giants. Okay. We got an, an NFC East battle here, which they should probably win that game. They're three and a half point favorites. So that would be three wins in a row if they can do what they're supposed to. And Philly will be on a little bit of hot streak. Okay. So Jalen Hurts, you know, 2,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, 90%, 90.4 quarterback rating. The feet, you know, he's a, he's a, he gets mobile, he gets in the end zone. So his cards um, have taken a 30% decrease since the start of the year. So where are we at now with him? Roller coaster, is it balancing off? Who knows? But I just wanted to bring that up at the top because I knew going into the season, I wasn't in the market to buy any of these guys. But I knew it just felt like they were all too expensive. And if you would have bought Herbert and Burrow, you probably would have been validated at this point. And also, too, I think they're now on the flip side of that. It might be too expensive to buy Herbert and Burrow. But if you like Tua, you like the potential and you like Jalen Hurts, maybe now in season is the time to buy it. I'm not telling you what to buy. I'm saying make the call yourself, but always look at the data. Football cards, man, I would say as a whole, things are up. And things are good in the football card market and community. I want to jump into this. So I, I've i never really used a consigner before. And I want to talk about my experience and why I'm using a consigner. Okay, so I didn't understand this when I jumped back in the hobby. I like to get my hands dirty on everything and then decide what I want to outsource. This is what I do professionally. Okay, so it works for me in my career is like I get my hands dirty, try everything and realize, okay, based on my time, what I what I'm good at, what, what, what can I outsource and what can I take on? So I talk a lot about using professional skills in the hobby and applying them. And I think just listen to what the people I have on the show have to say. Everyone has a different background. Everyone has a different uh, a job. Okay, so I've been moving a lot of cards on eBay that I've been getting back in, from PSA. And I just, the, the time taken, okay? So when you're doing, you know, 20, 30 cards, it's, it's, it takes forever inputting the data, um, the whole shipping process. And so I finally had, I'm, I'm down to like my last 75 cards that I'm trying to move. And I realized, you know what? Like, I'm sick of this. I don't want to do this. I've got a baby. I've got other things I can spend my time on. Let me go, let me go send it to a consigner, go through the experience and figure out if this is something that I want to do in the long run. So I'm going to shout out my man, Nick, Wharf Sports Cards, sent about 75 cards over to Wharf. They will, this, these auctions will have closed down by the time this goes live. A lot of vintage wrestling stuff. And what I like about it is all I had to do is package it up in a box, send it to him, and he takes care of the rest. Okay, so high scan photos on eBay, all the shipping, everything. And right, Wharf is going to take a percentage of all these sales, as Wharf should. Um, but for me, this was a great, this has been great because there's a system in place, notifications, I'm getting updates and I love it. And I think from it's always think about ways that you can help, you can specialize your time in the hobby, outsource stuff in the hobby. And I think for me, going through this process with a consigner has been a very positive experience and is one that I will continue to do moving forward because I appreciate my time and time that. Take a step back, like the amount of time it takes to list that many cards on eBay or wherever you're selling them, and it takes to ship all the stuff out and all the communication 
it adds up. And so for me, there's too much time dedicated to that and too much time away from important stuff like hunting cards that I want to, like spending time with my family that I decided to do this. And just think about it. It might be a good avenue for you. I put out there this week, the exploration, the land, that one card is everything. It's gathering information and the people that you meet. It's learning restraint by never settling for lesser than. It's practicing persistence and getting a little crazy. It's the acquisition. It's the reflection. What I'm trying to get at here is back to what I was saying about my consignment experiences. Make sure you're specializing your time. Walking into a digital marketplace and wandering around aimlessly is a recipe for regret and devastation. We have all been there. It's like, okay, let me open up the eBay app. I have no lane I'm going to go in. I'm just going to look and see, and then I'm going to buy something. And I think when you have this experience, it never leads to anything good. I think being focused and having direction allows you to be a better operator in the hobby. I haven't had a chance to shout out my unofficial sponsor for this episode and this was staring at me right in the face and and I want to apologize to to my unofficial sponsor for not plugging uh the product yet but I'm going to plug it here it is bang potent brain and body fuel cherry blade lemonade flavor today zero calories um and remember there's no crash here with the bang so let me take a sip here all right we are back on and hopefully my sponsor continues to unofficially um, allow me to plug its product. But back to what I was talking about. So specializing your time is critically important. I think when you're just wandering around aimlessly in the digital marketplace, it it kind of reminds me of this mindset of getting back into the hobby and just ripping uh, hobby boxes. And like we'd rip these hobby boxes like they're going out of style. And then all of a sudden we'd have a lot of regret and be like, why did I waste hundreds of dollars on this? And like the hits I got, like, I don't even care about. So I think centering your focus, finding your lane is what it's all about. And I think it's starting with the card that you want in mind. It's, it's, this is not a, this is a crazy idea, but starting with, and this might be beginner one-on-one stuff to many, but it's gotta be mentioned because we often forget this. It's start with that card you want in mind and go reverse engineer your way into it. Have conversations, look on marketplaces, gather information and go find it. That hunt is what it's all about. And some out there, some people in a power position might call this a brutal experience and they might want you to go find it on the marketplace and just voila, there it goes. But part of the damn fun of this hobby is the hunt. It's the pursuit. It's that satisfaction we get when we finally get that card we want. So I just want to say, you know what? You might not find that card through your hunting, through your information gathering, but you know what you're going to find? You're going to find some people, some people that rule, some people that you can call your friends, some people that you can source for information all along the way. And you know what you can't outsource? You cannot outsource relationship building. And what is this damn hobby all about? It's about building relationships. It's about making those connections. And that's, to me, you got the cards, but then you've got the people. And I just want to say, the more you specialize and focus in, the more awesome people that you meet. And that's just what I'm all about. So to me, that's not a brutal experience. It's a beautiful experience. How about Burbank cards? Did you all all enjoy that show? Huh? You enjoy the conversation? Did you? Man, Rob and Ryan, Wealth and knowledge. I got a ton of feedback. Maybe the most feedback I've ever gotten on an episode after the Burbank. Some people saying it's their favorite stacking slabs episode ever. 
There's a reason why Rob Varis was my hobby MVP of 2021. So much knowledge, so much information. I enjoyed Rob, as I always do. He is the card father, but I enjoyed listening to his kin, the buyer. Ryan, man, that guy sees more stuff than anybody in the hobby come through his doors. And I just love them talking about their system. And I love them talking about the process. I think a couple nuggets that I just wanted to touch on here is when uh, Ryan was talking about the Brady, Brady contenders ticket and how you can get it anywhere with without a shadow of a doubt. I think about this stuff all the time. Same thing with the Fleer PSA 10 Jordan. You see these cards all the time in auction houses. And I think mainstream cards can be collectible like these Brady's, the rookie ticket and like the Jordan, they can be collectible and they can also be commodity. It can be everywhere you go and it could be not limited. Like, you know, let's talk about the Zion PSA 10 Prism card. Jeez, you look at the pop report on that one recently and it's not a bad thing. And I just, I don't want what everyone else wants because when I have what everyone else has, then I can't tell the unique story that I want to tell through my collecting. You know what I'm saying? To me, it's more desirable to have a card or cards that the masses don't have. I think liquid mainstream cards, they're not for me. I don't care about them. I really don't. The more I see it, the less I want of it. And the more I see certain Peyton cards, the less I want of them. My brother and I were having a a conversation about this on Thanksgiving. Um, We were talking about certain Peyton cards that are considered collectible, might be serial numbered, but we just keep seeing them pop up. And the more I see a card pop up, the less I want it. I know it's different for everyone, but that's just how I feel. Thank you, Burbank. Appreciate your time, your energy. I got to make it out to the West Coast. I got to shop there. I got to make a visit. Man, they're doing some cool things over there. I want to shout out my man, Joey, the E-Trader, one of my favorite dudes in the hobby, back on the pod this Friday. We're going to talk cards. This guy has experience. He has a lot of knowledge. Go listen to the previous episode I had with Joey. We're going to talk cards. We're just going to dig in, talk about what he's seeing, talking about what I'm seeing, and I can't wait to bring that to all of you out there on Friday, so make sure you tune in. You know it's not an episode of the Stacking Slabs podcast without me giving you a market report of the things going up in the wrestling card community. How's that doing? I'm a, I'm practicing for uh, to be the wrestling correspondent to some mainstream platform so I can give them all my knowledge and tell everyone how cool wrestling cards are again. Not. Anyways, there's some big sales this week. I just wanted to report on them because the wrestling card community is growing up. The Vince McMahon Super Fractor from the 2021 Transcendent product sold for $9,300. It's a beautiful card. The Triple H, his son-in-law, the game, the game, the game McMahon Helmsley, $4,400. The things in the wrestling card market, the shiny stuff, the rare stuff, the stuff that I love are popping off. I just talked about that Five Timers Club Rock. I think it's really awesome. I want rare. I want shiny. I want scarce. I think more people are responding to it. When I talk about wrestling cards, it comes from a place of passion. My whole thing with wrestling cards are don't just hop into wrestling cards. You really have to care and have a history with wrestling and be about it. Very similar. My man Zan Morning talks about this. It's very similar to Pokemon. It really is. Character driven. And if you had a connection from your youth with Pokemon, you probably look or dabble in Pokemon. I did not. But you know what I had a connection with? Wrestling. And I still have a connection. So that's why I collect wrestling cards. I want to close it out here 
ladies and gentlemen, one more sip of bang, one more. In moderation, everyone. In moderation, bang. You do more on one of these suckers a day, you're going to be running laps around your house to try to get to sleep. Okay, here we go. Deep breath. Okay, so I said comps are guiding posts but can't be everything. Separate commodity cards from the cards that you see once or twice a year. Double down on your conviction and future outlook. The best buys are a mix of instinct and personal significance. Pay more. Smile later. I think comps are a thing you should look at, but they aren't everything, especially when a card pops up. And a good example of this is the Peyton X-Fractor, the one I pulled out the finest, the first year X-Fractor. And there's 20 copies of this. And I know three guys who have a copy. So there's three. That means there's 17 available. And out of those 17 available, maybe there's or 17 that exist, maybe there's five that'll float around. I don't know. But I looked at that when that card came up. I didn't care what the comp was. I didn't care that I was paying the 9.5 prices for a nine. I didn't care because I needed that card and my conviction around that card was so high and it aligned with a player that I collect. And I think that's really important to not get bogged down by last comp stuff and just go out there and set the bar. Set the bar if you have conviction. I have absolutely no problem setting the bar of a card that I want to collect and that to be in my collection for the long term. I think the more we think like that, the more we're willing to take take on that risk because we believe in it, the more we'll be rewarded on the other side of it. How do you feel about that? I think the more I meet really experienced collectors, that's the the more I learn. That's how they operate. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode, the Stacking Slabs podcast. Make sure you tune in on Friday. My man, Joey, the E-Trader, will be on the pod. We're going to talk about cards. Hell freaking yeah. Make sure you take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I will be back with more Stacking Slabs this week. Thank you for listening.